Do you need a healing from God? Do you need a miracle? Well, I believe God still works the miraculous. I believe he still heals the sick, and I'm going to be sharing keys to healing on this episode of Discover Your Spiritual Identity. It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shreve. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. On the last episode, I shared six keys to receiving your healing from God. And I believe those were revelations, those were insights that can dramatically change a person's life and bring you into a miraculous change, body, soul, or spirit. And we're going to continue in that vein right now. Keys to healing. And as you lay hold to these, as you seize them and implement them in your life, I believe you're going to see changes. Now, the first key that I'm going to share on this program is key number seven, building on last week's program. Key number seven is fearing the Lord. That may not seem like a key to healing when you first hear it, especially the way people associate the word fear with a sense of terror uh, that makes you recoil from something that looks ominous or troubling. That's not what this use of the word fear means. To fear the Lord is a completely different meaning of the word. It means to hold God in the highest esteem, to reverence him to the highest degree, to worshipfully serve him in humility and submission all the days of your life, fearing the Lord. And Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 and 8 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. In fact, the Bible said the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 3.8 says, It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Think of that. You may not even be asking for a miracle. And yet I believe if you walk in the fear of the Lord, if you walk in deep reverential awe toward him, recognizing his omniscience and his omnipotence and his omnipresence, and you submit yourself under the mighty hand of God, then not only can you resist the devil and he will flee from you, you can resist sickness and it will flee from you. Because the Bible says right here, I claim this promise, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I believe the King James says marrow to your bones, which is the part of your body that produces the blood. I love Psalm 3510 that kind of ties into that. The psalmist said, all my bones shall say, who is like you, Lord? This would be a great passage to claim if you've been suffering with arthritis or some kind of joint problems. Go ahead and declare the promise. Psalm 35, verse 10, all my bones shall say, who is like you, Lord, delivering the poor from him who is too strong for him. And sometimes sickness and disease seems overwhelming, overpowering. It seems like it's too strong for you. But if you fear the Lord and depart from evil, you can overcome. 
And that's God's promise to you. In that same vein, I find a fabulous promise in Malachi chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. This is actually talking about the last days. And we are coming close to that era right now. And it's very easy to see when you see the insanity of what's happening in the world and the trends of what's taking place in our culture and our society, then you know the day is approaching quickly. But Malachi said in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4, The day is coming that will burn like an oven, and all the proud, yes, and all that do wickedly, will be stubble, and the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord, that it will not leave them either root, neither root nor branch. And so this is talking about total devastation, total destruction on the planet. Then verse 2 says, But to you who fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. I see two really powerful revelations in that statement. First of all, I believe this is a reference to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's been a ripple effect from that open tomb that's flowed through two millennia so far. Because really, to be healed of a sickness is to be resurrected out of the grips of that disease, that affliction. It's a physical kind of resurrection on the way to the total glorification that we receive at the resurrection of the dead. The second thing I want to share is that he's referred to as the son, S-U-N, of righteousness. I believe there's a reason the word righteousness was connected to this promise, because the main thing that disqualifies us from being whole, body, mind, soul, and spirit, the thing that disqualifies us is how our souls have been polluted with unrighteousness. But when the sun of righteousness, like the blazing sun in the atmosphere, rises over your life, beaming rays of light down on us, he does so to impart righteousness. He reflects just like the sunlight is reflected off of objects like trees and bushes and plants and houses and cars. The reason you can see them as light is reflected off of them. In like manner, the light of God's righteousness is reflected off of us so that we receive an impartation of his righteousness. And that in itself is a qualification for all the promises of God to be fulfilled in our lives because uh, it's not my goodness, it's his goodness. It's not how worthy I am, it's his worthiness and his willingness to make us worthy because uh, the Bible declares that he has made us worthy to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So also I should add that it said unto you who fear my name. So that's moving a notch above just the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is having total respect for God and reverence for the things of God to count it sacred and holy to be in a relationship with God and not take it for granted. But to fear his name is to hallow the, the very privilege of uttering the name of Jesus. Too often people speak that name lightly. They even speak it in a, a very carnal sense, and they use it flippantly. Well, you should never do that. The name of Jesus is too holy. 
the name of Jesus is too powerful to be taken lightly. And if you fear his name, then you're very careful about your attitude and whether or not you're being worshipful when you speak his name. And if you have that kind of mindset, then he said unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And also I get the feeling of just like a hen gathers her brood to herself under her wings. So God wants to gather us to himself under his wings and radiate righteousness through our bodies, through our souls, and through our minds. Now, key number eight is a confession of faith or praying the promise. I tell people, don't pray the problem, pray the promise. And praying the promise is very similar to confessing in faith what your inheritance is according to the word of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I know when I had a tumor come up in my body about 23 years ago, for about a month, every single day, I held fast to the profession of faith, and it was growing. It was getting larger every day, it seemed. But I would speak to it and I would say, you have, you have trespassed by coming into my body. You have no right to be here. I am an heir of divine health. I'm an heir of the promises of God. And I command you to wither and die and revert, be cursed to the root. And over and over again, it didn't happen the first time. But over and over again, I said that numerous times every day over a period of a month, and all of a sudden, it started shrinking and kept shrinking until it became a very small little nodule that uh, uh, hasn't grown in size for 23 years. So I, I have no concern over it whatsoever. It's like it's a dead piece of flesh to remind me of the power of the spoken word. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. James said, he who wavers is like the wave of the sea that is driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So you've got to fight the good fight of faith and never waver when it comes to your confession of faith. And I know that's easy for me to say and much harder to do because when you're sick, when you're going through something, and you don't see results when you pray the first time, second time, 10th time, 20th time, and you wonder, is this even going to work? It's very easy to waver, but you've just got to be a hard-headed, stubborn will, stiff-necked faith fighter. And when I mean, when I say stiff-necked, I don't mean toward God, but toward the things that are coming against you. Be a faith fighter. Let me give you an undergirding revelation to this whole idea of holding fast the profession of your faith or confession of your faith. In Romans 10, verses 8 through 10, we get the powerful promise that deals with salvation of the soul. And I'm going to go ahead and read all three verses to you. What does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. And really, it doesn't do you any good in your mouth if it's not in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And salvation in the Bible covers everything. The word sozo is translated save, but it's also translated heal and made whole. And so real salvation is applicable to the spirit, the soul, and the body. Wholeness in every area of your being. Now watch this. I acted on this promise the day I got saved, 53 years ago. Someone shared Romans 10, verses 8 through 10 with me. And they said, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. So I did it. I haltingly stumbled my way through the prayer. My mind was screaming out, saying, this is illogical, it won't work. But I wanted God so much, I was willing to make the effort and attempt. And so I said, Jesus, if you're there, if you're the Savior of the world, I confess, I profess that you died on the cross for the sins of humanity and I believe you rose from the dead and I receive you into my heart as Lord of my life. And it happened. And immediately I was translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I was delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. Instead of being a child of darkness, I became a child of light, no longer a son of Satan, but a son of God. I was completely changed and brought into the family of God hinging it all on one faith confession coming out of my mouth. If I could change my destiny from hell to heaven with one statement of faith coming out of my mouth, faith in the form of confessing the word doesn't lose its power after that. And it troubles me sometimes deeply when people make mockery of this approach and professing Christians even uh, say they decry those who who pro, uh, who preach this and who teach this, saying that it's, it's uh, taking God's sovereignty away from him or robbing God of his sovereignty. But it's not robbing God of his sovereignty. It's actually submission to his authority, the authoritative teaching of his word that has instructed us how to receive what he has laid up in store for us. We are heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. And again, it involves speaking, speaking, speaking always. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Actually, in Mark eleven twenty three, it does not say if you have a grain of mustard seed. That's another verse. But Mark eleven twenty three says, Assuredly, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Don't tell me Jesus did not mean what he, made, what he declared in that verse. He said that if you speak to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. Well, certainly a sickness, a disease, an affliction is a mountainous thing. It's a mountainous problem. He will have whatever he says. God has given a promise there that is absolutely incredible. Now, in Luke 17, verse 6, he adds the idea of if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, which is a very tiny little seed. So sometimes 
you can get your miracle incrementally, if you understand what I mean. Just a little bit of faith at a time. Just keep moving forward with a little bit of faith exercise with every prayer you pray, every utterance you make, every praise you send up to heaven. Jesus said, if you have faith, and incidentally, he gave this little mini parable in response to the disciples' request to increase their faith. See, they had a lot of faith in God's word, but they didn't have too much faith in their own words in alignment with God's word. And that's that's where people get off sometimes. Your word, your confession has to be in perfect alignment with God's word or it's ineffective. But Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted into the sea and it will obey you. And in the King James Version, he said, you can say to this sycamine tree, be uprooted and cast into the sea. And uh, I often, on the basis of that, say, well, I'm sick of my problems. Are you sick of your problems? He said, you can speak to the sycamine tree. Well, I'm sick of mine, and I'm sure you're sick of yours. So let's speak to those problems and tell the problems how big our God is instead of telling God how big our problems are. See, it's your approach. Your approach makes a big difference. Key number nine. Key number nine is praise. I believe sometimes you can get your miracle just by praising God for it. Because praise is the highest form of faith. Faith can manifest in the spoken word. Faith can manifest in a request. But faith can also manifest to a high degree in praise. Thanking God as if it's done, right? Or just praising God because he's God. And I I believe Psalm 22.3 would be a good verse to bring out at this point because that verse says, Thou art holy, O you who inhabits the praises of Israel. So when you begin praising God and you've got a relationship with God, you're born of the Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in you, you begin praising God, then God is going to inhabit that praise. But there's another version, another translation of that verse that really that really speaks to my heart in a very profound way. And that's the New King James Version says, you are enthroned in the praises of Israel. So a throne is a position of power and dominion and authority and victory. When you praise God, it's as if he enthrones himself in your praise and his power, his dominion, his victory is radiated through your life. There's power in praise. Start praising God for the things you're asking him for. Instead of begging, instead of pleading, try praising and see if he doesn't enthrone himself within you. I think the greatest example I could give to you of that happening is a meeting I held up in Minnesota many, many years ago at a retreat in Minnesota, Christian retreat. And there was a woman who came in who had MS. A lot of people witnessed this. A lot of people witnessed it. She could not walk on her own. She had two friends holding her up on either side. She had crutches on either arm or canes. She was using canes or uh, something to support herself with. And she would inch her way forward. And her friends were holding her up at the same time. Uh, She'd been devastated by MS. She was only about, I don't know, 33, 34 years old. 
and yet she could only spend about an hour out of bed each day. She was not born again. She knew nothing about the things of God or the things of the Bible. She'd been to a nominal church but knew very little about Christianity and had never been saved. And I preached on healing and miracles that night. And of course, I wanted her to be healed, but I had no idea that she did not understand healing at all. And so when I gave an invitation, she came up and just, her friends helped her up into the altar and she collapsed in the altar. And she was praying with her head bowed. And I walked over to her and I said, why don't you just lift your hands and praise God? Not knowing she'd never lifted her hands before. And yet the Bible throughout the scripture, it tells us to lift our hands and worship. I will that all men everywhere lift holy hands without wrath and without doubt. So this little woman that was in terrible shape lifted her hands and just started thanking God, thanking God for her healing, thanking God for who he is. And she told me after it all happened that she felt three breaths come through her. It was like God breathed into her three times. And I wondered about that. Why three times? Then it dawned on me, spirit, soul, and body. God was healing her in all three areas of her being. And after that happened, she rose to her feet under her own power. He, she picked up those uh, canes or crushes or whatever they were. She picked up those things and held them above her head and walked around the room, praising God because she was totally healed. And uh, I've never seen an example of the power of praise any better than that one. I'm going to end with a vision that I received years ago. And I believe that this vision will convey to you what you need to know in order to get your healing. I had been seeking God for a long time about manifesting himself more supernaturally in our meetings. And one night I had this tremendous night vision where I saw an angel of the Lord walk up to a scroll that was being held by a man of God. And the scroll looked to be about 10 foot wide and about maybe uh, maybe. 15 foot wide and 10 foot high. And the angel wrote on the scroll in big letters, healing is an expression of God's love. Healing is the expression of God's love. And that was a revelation to me because I had gotten to an erroneous place concept in my mind where I thought healing was something you almost had to make God feel obligated to do by quoting his word and claiming his promise. God was letting me know, I don't heal because I'm pushed into it. I, I heal because I love. I don't heal just because I feel obligated. I heal because I love people. And because I love them, I want to alleviate their pain, their suffering. Then another declaration happened in the dream. It was a powerful moment where I heard another man of God from way off in the distance. He looked to be about 50 foot away. He put his hands to his mouth and cried aloud like a trumpet. And he said, there are even some who will receive creative power. And the dream was over. And that was ringing in my mind, creative power, creative power. And then the Holy Spirit washed over my mind and my soul. And God to told me in no uncertain terms, exactly what he would demand of me if I was to see a manifestation that powerful in our meetings. And I fulfilled the will of the Lord. I fulfilled the word of God 
that he spoke to me that night. And when I finished what he told me to do, and it involved a lengthy fast, then I announced we're going to have a healing meeting. We're going to believe God for miracles because I had fulfilled my part and I believed God was going to do his part. And a woman walked in that could hardly walk once again. But this time it was for a different reason. She had a birth deformity in one leg and her other leg had been twisted around from a car wreck. She also had to walk in with the help of canes. And she barely could make it to the back seat. And she drug her way to the back pew. And when I gave an invitation, she walked all the way to the front. And I knew every step she took, her faith was growing. So instead of going to her, I waited for her to get to the front. And I reached out to pray for her. And my hand got about an inch from her forehead. And the power of God knocked her down. Yes, I believe God still does cause that kind of manifestation to take place. She fell under the power of the Holy Spirit. And when she got up, she didn't drag her way around the room. She ran around the room. Several years ago, she contacted me on Facebook and told me that she's still healed and still walking and her legs are still normal. Isn't that fantastic? And it happened just because God told me in the dream that he heals because he loves. And I believe God loves you, and I believe God wants to heal you. And I believe it's God's will to heal you, and you have to believe it's his will, or the unbelief that creeps in is devastating to your faith. The best scripture I can give to you is that of one of John's epistles. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So if you're walking with God in a right relationship with God, your health should come up to that level as well, where God's blessing on your life is to keep you in divine health. Let's pray for that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I claim that promise out of John's epistle where he said, beloved, 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 because you're loved of God, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I claim that divine health in the life of every person listening to this podcast. Receive healing in whatever part of your body you need it, whether it's body, soul, or spirit. May wholeness come into your life by the power of the blood of Jesus, by the power of the name of Jesus. Be healed today, right now, for the glory of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shreve, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given his people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.